What's happening, y'all? My name is Jack Harlow. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, and I'm in the Bay. Yay! I'm so excited to have Yay. you here. Welcome. What's happening? Before we even get into breaking down Gazebo and getting into Loose, I got to tell you how I found your music, because I think it's a pretty cool story. I'm sure some people can relate. So, and it's one of those songs where it was so distinctive to me that I remember exactly where I was, what was happening, like the whole thing. So, I'm listening to Spotify. I'm driving to L.A., which is about six hours from here. Everybody thinks it's like a minute. It's, it's six hours. It's a drive. So I'm listening to Spotify, some playlist, Ice Cream comes on. And I'm like, oh shit, like this slaps. And I was like, who is, I think I even tweeted like, how come you guys didn't tell me about fucking Jack Harlow? Like what the fuck? So how did Ice Cream come to be? Walk us into it. Cause I was just like, what the fuck? Like, this is incredible. That's funny. Ice Cream is definitely one of my older songs now, so I don't even... We ain't been asked about that one, for real, because I didn't start getting interviews until kind of after that a little bit, so you were early, for real, so I, appreci- I appreciate you. This was two summers ago, so this was 2016, That's crazy. right after it dropped. Well, then, this is this is awesome. I've been me. waiting for you to come yeah, here. Yeah, nah, this like- is dope. <laughs> Ice Cream came to be my man Ace over here. He was there when I recorded it, I'm pretty sure, and he was like, this is it. He thought it was fire. I was kind of iffy on it, but he was like, "Nah, this is it." Now nah, listen, but he was he was right about it because a lot of people ended up, you know, finding me off of that. Like that was a major milestone for me. Like it was probably Ice Cream, then Dark Knight, now this. But Ice Cream was definitely that phase that I would say would be me getting known nationally. So we gotta talk about Gazebo, incredible project, so honest, so real. And you talked about how it was just simple to come up with the title. You liked hanging out in gazebos. But the thing that sometimes we find with projects is we spend so much time with it that gazebo kind of takes on and like the title takes on another meaning. Has have you experienced that and kind of changed definitely. the meaning? First off, phenomenal question. Wow. Definitely. Like that's that's the thing that helped me. Like me and my friend Urban, we actually kind of talked about what the title should be together. We spent a lot of time around each other, so we just talk about this stuff. And we came to a point where we kind of realized, like, we can name this whatever if the music is good. You know what I mean? Like, in, like in even something totally random you can't explain necessarily. Like, people are going to get a feeling from it. They're, it's Once they associate it with the music enough times, it's like they're just going to, that's gazebo to them. Mm-hmm. You know? So, definitely. It's so dope. And then, of course, it's night music. We go back to maybe, and you say... Anybody with me in the middle of the night is liable to become my psychiatrist. And I think that super sums up the project because you're taking us on all these night drives and all these night situations and kind of just bearing your soul. Was that something that happened intentionally or just kind of happened or the way the beat spoke to you? Because you've been saying the intro, like, you could tell it's nighttime because of what the beat sounds like. What was the idea behind it becoming a nighttime project? I think what's crazy is after I graduated high school, I started doing this little job for my mom where I would drive around at night and take pictures of signs that were dimly lit mm. because she had a like little company that her and my dad own a company together called Signorama and they fix signs and so me going out and finding these signs helps them have a customer the next day you know what I mean 
And on these drives, I would listen to like Blonde by Frank Ocean. I would listen to uh, Equimini by Outkast. Yes, we're going to talk about that. And I think just doing that enough times, it became the type of music I wanted to make because that's what I was enjoying at the time. So I'm like, yo, this is, I want to make music that feels like this. So that's kind of where it came from. I love that. Yeah. We got to talk about Equimini and your mom because even on. Legend. On routine, you talk about how your mom introduced you to Outkast. I've heard in interviews how she introduced you to Tribe. Your mother has a great taste in music, so shout out to oh, her. Thank you. Incredible. On Used to Be, Two for One has that saxophone breakdown. Yeah. And when you hear it, I almost think that I'm biased because anytime I hear like some real musical breakdown, I think of Spodioti because yeah. that's just what we do. How did that saxophone breakdown come in? Well, it's just crazy you play sax. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what it is. Like, well, why you play sax? When I met him, that's one of the first things I found out. And I'm like, he played for U of O. Mm -hmm. He used to be in the band. So he just plays sax, and he made the beat. And he's he's a creative guy. Like, he thinks of stuff a lot. Like, I, I'll be in the middle of my songs, and he's like, I hear something. I want to add to this. Mm -hmm. And he goes in, and he just lays a stroke of genius. Like, he's he's super talented. So the sax thing, I think, felt natural to him. Like, he knows he can play sax. He's like... I will sauce this up one time. Mm -hmm. And that he did. Like, he, he really killed it. And it, it was different, too, because we had somebody else come in and do sax. And they played, like, a really dope technical kind of, like, it was it was fire for what it was. But Wands was kind of, like, scattered, had a weird feel to it. And it just felt more natural. And so it stayed on. It was fire. I love it. And then speaking of 2 for 1, the 2 for 1 outro, he produced almost everything on Gazebo except for one track. What was it like just letting him have that outro? Easy. Because mm -hmm. it was so good. Like, I think two, three weeks before we were kind of wrapping up, he made that song. Like, he just made it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you got to finish this. Everyone in the group was kind of like, this This is crazy. But I felt like it was so good that I wanted it to be <laughs> yeah. on my project. Yeah. I was like, yo, <laughs> this is fire. Can we just put it on by? And of course he was with it because you know the the project was gonna be a good look and it'd be a good look for him like just to like have his own record on there it was tight exactly but I I just wanted the song like I just wanted it for I didn't want to do anything to it I just wanted him to put it at the end and I felt like it was a great like ending you know what I mean definitely bringing it all the way back to the intro what was it like making that one because you just start out super raw talking about not fitting in and not really vibing with anything I'm on Eastern Parkway. Flying on the carpet through the yellow lights, I'm gliding on the way to her apartment, and I'm riding, taking in the smell of the street. It's nighttime, by the way, but you can tell by the beat. That bass knocking in my whip just like some elephant feet. Catch a wave when I'm driving past my elementary. Grew around the kids. Can you talk about how, like, that's one of your favorite tracks. What was it like making the intro? Eastern Parkway. Right. I was with Juan. We were in Atlanta, and it was just me and him in the studio one night. And I had been listening to some, I was definitely listening to Outkast. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what song, but, and I had been talking to some people I just met named Steve and Frank in Atlanta. And they were telling me about like what made Outkast so amazing was they described a place that people hadn't heard of in a hip hop sense yet. Mm -hmm. And he's like, that's what y'all need to do with Louisville. Like that's something that could really be tight you describe places that people haven't been so when they go to that city and they're on that street they're like wow this means something to me so him telling me that he told me that that day i was listening to their music and i got to the studio and i was just like i want to do that like that was that was kind of my goal of it in a way so it definitely started out as like that was the main idea but as i started writing like 
I mean, everything I just felt like it, I just, I, you know, sometimes it just comes out right. Sometimes it doesn't. You can't, It's like hard to make those. Like Eastern Parkway, it's not like I'm, I'm going to make one of those today. Like mm-hmm. sometimes it just happens. You get lucky. Like I feel like I love that song. Yes. So dope. And then your other favorite you said was Detox. That one is such an interesting writing structure. It's basically just the verse repeating itself. Yeah. What was it like making that one? And then the second part to it, who are you kind of talking to when you're talking about like, oh, you're getting apathetic? Man, you asked the most fire questions. You are so dope. You are so I'm a dope. Fan. No, but that's you don't like for artists. That's what they want. Like that's why artists don't like doing interviews because you know people aren't like this. Like you're you're fired. Anywho, damn, what did you ask me though? <laughs> <laughs> no, you asked me detox. Okay. Yes. Nah, so I made detox um, with Juan and my friend Nemo. He came from Lexington to Louisville, and we we're in the basement working, and. I was kind of telling him we did one song and I was kind of like, yo, I'm, I can't, I can't decide what to write about. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what I want to say right now. And he was like, what do you want to tell people your age? Like, what, like, what are you trying, what's the message you want to get across? Just keep it as fundamental as that. And so I just started writing detox and when the booth laid it down and you're right, it's such a, it's a short little section that keeps getting repeated, but there's enough melody change you know what i mean that it's like it's refreshing every time it comes around so we just looped it mm-hmm. that was what we did because i didn't have any more but then we realized this loop is gonna work nemo went in the booth because he had his own ideas and he laid the nemo's the one laying the little I'm gonna da, da. fire yes. it was just just a moment i don't know it was crazy that's that's definitely one of my favorite music making moments definitely let's talk about on away you have these two verses and there's a little bit of almost juxtaposition first verse you're kind of talking about a girl how she's on the way and then the second one you're kind of talking about you're on the way to make it and you're kind of bringing everybody with you as far as the garden and all that stuff what was it like making that one i remember i did the hook in atlanta had the hook for a couple weeks before i went back but i wrote the verses and added those in that the first verse of that song is like one of my favorite verses i've ever wrote for real but there, there is definitely a difference. There's like an, there's an intensity change for sure. It's like, some it was just good to address on the second verse, something like that. Mm-hmm. It felt like, but the first verse is one of my favorites. And then, Dark Knight. Talk about had a little song I was gonna put first, but boy, goddamn, this is an intro now. <laughs> are you talking about structurally with the project? Or are you talking about an introduction to you? What do you mean by this nah, intro? Nah, I just now? lied through my <laughs> teeth. <laughs> I just really blew it. That's what happened. <laughs> So you wanted that to be the intro of Gazebo. When I was writing it, I was so turned that I was like, I don't give a damn. Like, this is the intro I know for sure. I know this is the intro. So definitely. But the cool thing about it is, like you were saying, Dark Knight was a lot of people's introduction to you. So it worked out to be. Yeah, but it would have been a tighter line if I was right. You're right about that. That makes me feel a little better. But if it had been the intro, people would have been like, damn, he had another one for us, but he used this. But nah, <laughs> I made Easter Parkway a few weeks later, and I was like, man, so this got to go. Plus, we released it as a single. I didn't, you know, it just didn't end up being an intro. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not trying to. No, I know you're not. <laughs> and just want to explain my line. <laughs> Speaking of lines, we got to talk about routine because routine. You say some wild shit. Wild. It's wild. This might be one of the wildest ones I've heard in a while. My lay in bed with some girl and talk about her <laughs> after I bust on her 
Like, what do you think I should do? She beautiful, like real talk, though. She come right after that eight nine, so I'm stuck on her. I'm so gone off of my lane bed with some other girl and talk about her after I bust on Like, what you think? It's facts, though. Like, when I say wild shit, I think sometimes I write things in my music that are so specific to me mm-hmm. that um, a lot of people maybe just like don't know what that that feels like. I don't know. So I think a lot of times it's wild to a lot of people because it's super concise, like it's something really random. But to me, it feels profound when I write write it. So I'm like, okay. But no, that's true. I definitely have like I've definitely had situations where like I I wanted a girl a lot, but the girl I was messing with at the time necessarily wasn't her. But she was, it was like our situation, she was kind of understanding of that. So we would have conversations about <laughs> other things. Shout out to those girls. Yeah, man. They need to be shouted out. Cause True. I'm trying to think if I was doing that back. If I was talking about the guy that they really wanted back. Probably no not. No telling. Because that girl was probably the Maybe I, was, I probably assumed it was me. Really, they had some dude they really loved. It's probably you. We're not going to go into, like, gender dynamics, but that's usually how it works. A girl will sit there and listen to you talk about another girl, and she's just like, fuck, why doesn't he choose me? Damn, we're uncovering (sighs) some real stuff in here. Like I said, shout out to those girls. Man. Then, let's talk about Wasted Youth. In the intro of that one, you talk about, I'm not going to fuck this up. Were you talking about actually recording it, or were, okay. Yeah. How many times did you have to record that one? I think it was two or three that's not bad it really wasn't but i i knew the verse like i don't know when i write i really rap it a lot as i'm writing mm-hmm. so by the time i get in the booth my like my mouth hasn't memorized low-key so i don't know i was just like that's definitely what i said though mm-hmm. <laughs> i was almost gonna take it out but it was just like it was an honest moment like now nah, this time i got it and then i got it so exactly it's like a flex actually i just discovered what it is it's just a flex yeah and then tie rope gets really fucking real <laughs> might be the realest one this interview is getting real i'm sorry i'm loving it no i'm <laughs> loving it might be one of the realest ones on gazebo what was it like making that one me and my man taylor in the studio it was deep in the studio actually mm-hmm. whole guard was in there low-key Taylor went in, just floated, and then he put the hook, and I just wrote my verse, laid it down. It was was like nobody talked to each other the whole session. I don't know. Not even on some, like, not because we didn't want to. Yeah, no, that's just the vibe that was, it was that serious. I don't know how to describe it. The beat was just blaring. That's what it was. The beat was just blaring, and everybody's just sitting there, and somebody does their section, somebody comes out. It's crazy. Before we talk about Loose, anything else you want to tell the people about Gazebo? Love it. So, Loose, just to give people kind of an idea of what they're in store for, because I'm fucking excited. Do you want to tell us the story behind the cover art? Sure. We had other cover arts. Mm-hmm. This was a very frustrating process for me, because Gazebo, before we even named it, we had the cover art. Like, mm. that picture had been taken. I loved it, and it was like, yo, we should use this. And it felt, it, felt, it fit the music. It just, everything aligned there. Yeah. This one has definitely, um, we've been flip-flopping on the covers, me me specifically, and this is two weeks ago decision to this one, wow. and it just feels right, I don't know, it it looks iconic, I want this project to be iconic, Like I, and I want, you know, people to digest the face with the music, you know what I mean, I want people to just get the whole package right there. I'm so excited, we gotta talk about Sundown. 
Let's hear it. My God. Just the beat, the like, just fucking everything. Like, it's fucking incredible. <laughs> For the kid, I had a 10-second big move. And we teach him big lessons over here. Over here okay. Two folk coming heavy like we bench pressing. And I'm going to deliver every time just like a sent message. In the South, then I'm feeling like a pimp. You a simp. I don't feel bad for you. I ain't sympathetic. I just and if you know pee. me, you know that I already fuck with it just off tops. We were talking off air about how Pharrell had to agree to it. Tell us that story because that's, man. There's some conversations I'm learning that I'm, like, not truly privy to. It's crazy. Like, Cannon just told me that he had to check with Pharrell. And then a few weeks later I said, did Pharrell say anything? He was like, oh, yeah, he's cool with it. <laughs> so I'm like, damn, I wish he had called me. Like, <laughs> no, nah, I'm just playing. But I definitely found out through Cannon. Mm-hmm. So right now what I'm telling you is totally based on what he said, but I believe him. So Pharrell apparently said, go ahead with it. Nice. What was the mindset when making that one and kind of gearing up for Loose? It's one of the older songs on the tape for sure. It's right after I moved to Atlanta. We've definitely been listening to some clips. Yes. <laughs> and then Juan caught the vibe, put it together. I wrote it, went in the booth, and the thing was there was two verses, and I took what I liked out of both verses mm-hmm. and made it the one verse mm-hmm. and got rid of the stuff I didn't really like. So chorus, verse, and that's why it's so short. And people say they hate short songs, but I really don't think they do. I think people couldn't last three minutes these days. (laughs) I'm just joking, but I'm not. But at the same time, people can't last these days. I think there's different types of listeners, and I think there's definitely listeners that will stay for the whole song, but then there's a majority of people who are like, bang, bang. And it feels so wrong to force length. It's like, I would love for this song to be three minutes. That's the the perfect song length, three, 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 thirty. But it's oftentimes 2 to 2.30, and that's just what it is. And I think it definitely probably has to do with, you know, the attention span decreasing. So I think it's harder for artists such as myself mm-hmm. that are being affected by these times to um, make a song long. It's just hard. Like, after two verses, you're like, like a third verse seems laughable these days. I can't imagine doing a third verse. <laughs> you, it's got to be a writing song. It's got to be a song where you just, you're pouring it out. Like, you have it so much to say. And when I have that much to say, I'm definitely not going to stop the song from going on. Yeah. If I write a five-minute song, it's going to be five minutes. <laughs> but if I write a two-minute song, I'm not going to put a verse I don't like that much just to make it a standard length. Exactly. No, you know it feels right at the end yeah. of the day. So it makes sense. A lot of people wanted that second verse, though. So, so I feel you. <laughs> Loose, out August 17th. Anything else you want to tell the people about it? It's a good time. It's not gazebo, but it's fun. <laughs> it's amazing. It's crazy. I love it. I'm so excited for it. I think it might be the one. So tune in at Jack Harlow. Appreciate you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Special Delivery Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever you're listening on, especially because I got episodes coming up with Abjo, Reggie Snow, and so many more. And also reach out to me. Let me know what your favorite part of this episode was. I'm on Twitter at Special Says and on Instagram it's at Special Says as well. And as always, this episode is dedicated to Marlon. Do what you can to stop senseless acts of gun violence.